BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know, since legalization, Illinois has seen an average monthly revenue of $40 million from recreational cannabis sales? Did you know that, Ben? No, I did not. Well, now you do. And as of 2021, Chicago hosts an impressive 44 cannabis dispensaries. The Windy City is the perfect place for the Illinois Cannabis Convention, December 4th through 5th. Brought to you by NECAN. The convention will be the largest gathering of the existing local medical cannabis industry and those getting into the new adult use recreational market. The convention will showcase more than 100 companies, brands, and product lines. There's also three, count them three, full programming tracks running each day for medical, business, and opportunities featuring dozens of expert speakers with practical knowledge and advice for attendees of all levels of experience. All are welcome. Go to NECAN.com, N-E-C-A-N-N.com for more information and to register. <sighs> Look, I got a big Asian carp. Come here. <laughs> you caught a crocodile. Uh, oh, you got the crocodile I was in the lagoon. Remember that great story? Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Your Ben Jarofsky show, Oh, What a Week, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat. Try out that, uh, that uh, Tasty Rolls, the egg roll place. That's a good place. Uh, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. We're going to be talking about the latest column from Ben Jarofsky in moments, but Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Subscribe, and if you want to help out this program, you can, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Friday, November 19th, and pre-recorded from my apartment and his attic, this <laughs> is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Norm McDonald was right Friday, and here's why. Dennis mentioned Norm Macdonald just popped into my mind. Norm Macdonald, of course, the legendary comedian who died, I think it was last month of cancer. A uh, very funny man, very wise man. Two months. Uh, it's been two months. September 14th. Damn, two months. Where's the time? That, wow. Right, right. I thought it was last month. I mean, nope. damn. I spent, of course, like the better part of a weekend just watching Norm Macdonald clips after that. Uh, and uh, Dennis mentioned Norm Macdonald, but he's been on my mind a lot uh, in the last hour or so. And I'll tell you why he's been on my mind in the year 1990. I got an affinity with Norm Macdonald. We both got fired from our positions, <laughs> our various positions uh, in uh, uh, mainstream America because we got big mouths and we 
speaker mind. <laughs> That'll get you in trouble usually. Uh, he was fired from Saturday Night Live in part because he was relentless uh, on his uh, acerbic takes on the O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, and when O.J. was eventually acquitted, he gave that great line, which I think he was fired soon thereafter, D. I, I, I may have the chronology wrong, but it, it wasn't long uh, after this because the pal who ran NBC was pals with O.J. Simpson. And Norm Macdonald said, well, it's uh, official. Oh, God, that's me, Norman. A terrible Norm Macdonald imitation. I apologize, Norm Macdonald. Holy Uh, Lord. uh, Oh, Lord. Oh, it's uh, now official. Murder is legal in California. And I was thinking of uh, Norm Macdonald when the uh, uh, acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse came down today. And ladies and gentlemen, the honor of you, Norm Macdonald, well, it's official. Murder is legal in the state of Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse shot two people, claimed self-defense, judge and a jury. That makes sense to me. You know, they're a bunch of radical, do-nothing, no-good Marxists. It's kind of the attitude people have about Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber. They're no good. What difference does it make anyway? Anyway, I was channeling my inner Norm MacDonald because I was with Norm MacDonald. I thought it was absurd that O.J. walked. I lost a lot of friends over that one, <laughs> but they all came back to me. You know, it's just a momentary thing. And I think this is equally absurd. And yet it's interesting to me. Um, all, so many of the people who were outraged that uh, OJ walked in 1995, it was, I guess. Yeah. 1995 uh, are right now go, well, Ben, come on. You know, you got to look at all the evidence, Ben, uh, the guy was assaulting him with a skateboard. Okay. Assaulting with a skateboard. Anyway, we're not going to discuss Kyle Rittenhouse. I discussed it at length with Romana Hussein. We taped a, um, uh, a Romana rundown D as the story was breaking. So oh, wow. Romana, I, I know it was right when it was breaking. Romana broke the news. She didn't do the bottle thing, but she broke the news. Uh, and then Thank God. Had, my job would be done if people <laughs> just had their own bottle noise when they had breaking news. By the way, uh, speaking of Dennis's job, we did a thing. Can I let the cat out of the bag? Oh, yeah. uh, we did a great, if I must say so myself, uh, interview yesterday uh, with Michael Girardi. or my, I call him Mike, but it's not Michael, Mike, whatever. Uh, who uh, is a listener to the show and, in my opinion, an outstanding um, songwriter uh, who's contributed many songs to our show. We're going to drop it on Thanksgiving. We had a lot of fun with it. Dennis uh, participated uh, in the show as well. And uh, Mike sang uh, some of his songs, and he showed a, a, a great appreciation for the bits that Dennis does. And uh, those little sound drops. It's all radio, ladies and gentlemen. That's Ray D. Oh, I'm still waiting okay. for the appreciation from you. Little sound drops? Come on, man. They're huge. <laughs> They're gigantic sound drops, my man. Like the fishing rod that won the fishing pole. Hold on. Oh, God, make me a good one. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I was thinking of Mike Girardi. Yeah, that's, that, that drops on Thanksgiving. I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, Michael Girardi on Thanksgiving. All right, D. No more. No more. No more tangents. Let's get down oh, to business. Don't, don't say no more tangents now. We need a couple of those to get us through this. <laughs> you know, I this, can't, this show is reliant on Ben Jarofsky tangents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, tangents are coming. Look out. Here comes a tangent. Whoa, ducked. By the way, oh, speaking of a tangent, I got it 
email today from young Kenneth Davis. Oh, hasn't nice. been on the show nice. in a while. I know he's being re- he's going through this modest phase. <laughs> That's kind of Davis. Is that modest. is that your modesty impression? Impression of modesty? Oh, okay. Uh, Ken Davis, in my opinion, is a legend. He created WBEZ, ladies and gentlemen. You think they give him credit? I said it met once. I'll say it again. They should put a statue of him outside of WBEZ. Uh, but he, he used to come on the show all the time. Well, frequently come the, came in the show. But he goes, I don't really have a lot to say. He's kind of going through a, like a mini retirement. I don't have a lot to say phase. But one thing we know about Ken Davis, he absolutely loves the flyover. Now, for folks who don't oh, live God. in Chicago, don't know what the flyover is. Uh, but Dave Glowatz loves it, too, by the way. I've never seen people love a flyover so much. The flyover is the extension of the Brown Line in Chicago, a rapid transit for folks listening in L.A. or whatever. Uh, and so the city and its uh, infinite wisdom decided of all the transportation needs that we have, we're going to put at the top of the list, uh, building a flyover. So they, like, actually build the tracks over the existing tracks so that there's less of a delay. I think they're saving, like, 10 seconds. I once timed it. They spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to save 10 seconds. Uh, and uh, Ken Davis and Dave Gloatz disagreed with me. Can believe that day we didn't see eye to eye on absolutely everything. And they thought I was being unfair in my criticism of the flyover, and they defended it vigorously. Well, I got an email from uh, Ken Davis. Actually, apparently, there was the first ride in the flyover, which I was unaware of. I was not invited to it. I wonder why, hmm. since all I did was rip it. <laughs> but Ken Davis uh, was a Somehow or other, he was on that train, and he sent me an email going, it was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny D. So I sent him back. Well, we're going to have to bring you back to the show, uh, if nothing, just to recount the great experience of the flyover. And was it worth the hundreds of millions of dollars (laughs) that they spent on that baby? Anyway, do you talk about a tangent? That was a tangent. Good Lord. Okay, maybe don't do any more tangents. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mr. Modest, come back on the Ben Jarofsky Show. What if we do a special, Ben, where we just send uh, Ken Davis a Google Meet, don't tell him anything, and we just wait to see him, wait for him to respond. <laughs> and then next thing you know, boom, we're recording it. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, making fun of him is not going to get him to answer. Okay. <laughs> He's acting all modest. Ken Davis, stop being so modest these days. I don't know. <laughs> We love you, Ken. More opinions than anyone. You should, by the way, if you really want to know what Ken, get Ken Davis to drive you somewhere. This is interesting. The Ken Davis, very generous guy. He had a show, public access. He, the only host of a show that would pick me up and drive me to his show. God, the only guest who may ask the host to do that. That's what that is. (laughs) So he would drive me, and he very opinionated. Oh my, it's like talking to Mick Dumpke or Dave Glowatz. You know, all these guys. They come on this show. They're like, well, you know, you have to look at all sides. You know, Dave Glotz comes to the show. I think he's smoking a pipe. Well, um, you know, I have to look on both sides. That guy's the biggest lefty no, in the no, city. No, no, that's Chicago. Tom Shuba. You're mixing him up with Tom Shuba. He's always smoking a pipe. You know what I mean? Tommy, too. We may have a Tommy Two Joints update in this show. We may. I don't know where you're going with it, but I have a feeling. I got a feeling, feeling deep inside. Oh, yeah. Everybody had a wet dream. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Everybody had a wet dream. Let's do the news. (laughs) Hey there. Dennis here. Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois, and we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Let's begin with phase one. (laughs) Never again, sir. (laughs) Never again. 
Oh, God, JB. <laughs> and you know, what can we say? Our Illinois governor loves traveling. Last week, the big feller <laughs> was in the United Kingdom. <laughs> he was representing Illinois during some green energy thing. <laughs> we have the audio. And you know, I'd say JB Pritzker was a great Illinois ambassador. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation <laughs> and our world. We've sent four transformative presidents to the White House. We were the first state to ratify two of the most important amendments to the U.S. Constitution. He loves Illinois, everybody. Don't believe me? But, well, but... consider these facts. The first <laughs> cell phone was invented here. Okay, we believe you, sir. We believe you. <laughs> What's the cell phone invented in Illinois? I don't know. That sounds like a stretch. And I, we fact-checked this before, JBA. It wasn't for transformative presidents, okay? Barack Obama is not really from Illinois. Now, you throw him in there with Ulysses Grant and Abraham Lincoln, and I just don't think Barack Obama was from Illinois. I'm saying he's from Hawaii. Let's give Hawaii credit, okay? Good. Glad you said that. By the way, we've now learned from this event that took place in the UK. First of all, that Pritzker is no fan of the Beatles. He was trying to talk everybody into the Steve Miller band. <laughs> We're like, who is that? I've never heard of them. But also, Governor J.B. Pritzker. Was that your British That accent? was it. That was it. Also, Governor J.B. Pritzker sat down with our former president, one Barack Obama, for 45 minutes. <laughs> Apparently, they talked about climate change and progress being made on the Obama Presidential Center. Ben Jarofsky, 45 minutes? I mean, they had to talk about some other things, right? What do you think yes. the governor and the former president also discussed in this meeting? Well, if they were human beings, if Barack Obama was a human being, and if he was anyway related to <laughs> the Jarofsky clan, which has been known to hold a grudge for, oh, I don't know, 40 years, <laughs> uh, you don't come from a grudge uh, family, uh, holding family D. I noticed that about you. Yeah, no, you not at all. Not about. at all. But uh, my clan, as Dennis knows, for having uh, talked to me every day, pretty much since 2000. And so, think about that, ladies and gentlemen. This man has talked, had a conversation with me every day since 2007. Not literally every day. Okay, every week. Okay, all right. The fact checkers in the back. We have fact checkers in the back room. Rigorously check everything I say up, and that's incorrect. It comes into my earphone. Uh, so, okay, every week. All right, fact checkers, because some occasionally go on vacation. Uh, he knows we've been known to hold a grudge for a while. So if Barack Obama is anything like me or my mom, may she rest in peace, he's probably still holds a little bit of a grudge uh, against J.P. Pritzker, because if you recall, Dennis, in the year 2012, when Barack Obama was running for uh, his second term, J.B. Pritzker, who was not in politics at the time, was in private business, doing something or other, who knows, listening to the Steve Miller band. I don't know what he was oh, doing. Oh, he loves that band. Uh, he was interviewed, and he said, well, I'm not sure. That's my J.B. Pritzker imitation. Who, who I'm going to vote for, Barack Obama or Mitt Romney? I'm like, you're kidding me, right? This, I mean, okay, I'm not a big fan of centrist Democrats, but a centrist Democrat over, I don't know, a rich Republican who believes in hoarding money, who believes in regressivity. I don't know. 
So uh, remember when uh, we had uh, Jay Pritzker came on the show and yeah. I interviewed him on, and we worked so hard to get him on the program. <laughs> And he's like, and we we heard like people would call into the show and say, ah, I talked to JP in an event and I asked him about coming on your show and he said you were a tough one. Yeah, he was like, I'm not going with that hip. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so he finally came on the show and the uh, guy blew it, guys. Me and my big mouth. I asked him about the Obama thing. He got that was the one time he looked a little testy. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I'm- he did not look happy with that question. But it's true. Sugar Ray Pritzker turned into Mike Tyson that day. Yes, he turned. <laughs> the first time he came on the show, he brought um, Susanna Mendoza, if you recall, sort of like, and then Chris Kennedy was trash talking. Ah, the good old days when I had a show, radio show as opposed to podcast. Uh, these are good old days too. Anyway, so I, I would not be. <clears throat> my guess is that Barack Obama is not a uh, grudge holding man. He's more of the Dennis ilk, not the Ben ilk. Uh, and they probably talked about the Bulls. Bulls are doing great, D. Oh, you think uh, so? Yeah, probably talked about the Bulls. Talk about Zach Levine, Demar Derozan. I don't take Pritzker. East? I don't take Pritzker as a, a basketball fan. No, I get the feeling he's not a sports fan. He's like Demar who? Yeah. Well, they maybe talked about great songs from the seventies. They, uh, you know, Barack Obama. They may have talked about Steve Miller. So, but uh, I would have loved to have, uh, if if Barack had raised the subject of the two thousand and twelve uh, quandary. That JB was in, like he didn't know if he's going to endorse a Barack or uh, Romney. Love to have heard uh, JB Pritzker's explanation of that, but I don't think they talked about it. That they could talk about their favorite episodes of the Ben Jarofsky show. Oh there yeah, go. there that's you go. Yeah, that's what they talked about in Washington. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, that's, we're on their minds. You're going to UK and then the DC. Yeah, they're talking about us. But yeah, like you said, this man Ben Jarofsky can hold on. To a grudge. Bridget Gaynor, I'm trying my hardest to get you on the program. <laughs> oh, stop. I'm trying my hardest. It's not. The guy won't budge. Uh, there have been a few people <laughs> showing up late or not showing up at all to the show. I've been on a You buried the hatchet on one of those guests, by the way. I'm very I'm very glad you did that. Way to go. I, uh, I, probably because I forgot. You know, cause what happens after a while? I am could tell you this from uh, experience, folks. When you have a grudge... Time moves on. Sometimes you forget the details. Yeah, sometimes you yeah. even had a grudge. It's called life. That's you good, forget. healthy thing to do, D, when you forget that you had a grudge. Yeah. And you see somebody, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. And then you walk away and go, wait a minute. I'm supposed to have a grudge against that guy. <laughs> you know, but at that point, it's like, you know, let it go. If you can't even remember that you had the grudge, let, it's, it's nature's way. Isn't that? No, that's not Steve Miller. Who sang Nature's Way? There was a song in the 60s. Nature's Way oh, yeah. Telling You. Anyway, that the grudge is gone. You hear that, Bridget Gaynor? I, 2022, I got a feeling. You're going to be on the Pinterest. <laughs> I got a feeling. <laughs> a feeling deep inside. Whoa, yeah. Do All right. But hey, song? listen, I, no one cares. That green energy <laughs> thing that Pritzker went to last week, that was last week. All right. We got to move on. All right. Because this week, J.B. Pritzker hopped back in the Pritzker mobile, which is actually a private jet, to <laughs> our nation's capital. Yes, Mr. Pritzker went to Washington for President Joe Biden's federal infrastructure bill signing ceremony. Now, there were a handful of Republicans in Congress who didn't vote for this bipartisan infrastructure deal and leave it to the Democratic Party of Illinois to not let it go unnoticed. The Democratic Party of Illinois are now targeting four Illinois Republicans. Representative Mike Boast, (laughs) play a lot of clips from him, mainly one, Rodney Davis, Darren LaHood, 
and Mary Miller, who all voted against the measure. The Democratic Party of Illinois just kicked off a digital ad campaign highlighting the politicians' opposition. Sadly, they're not videos that we can play for all of you. No, just some Photoshop tweets stating things like Congressman Rodney Davis voted against improving roads and bridges in our community. That, by the way, is more than a handful. I think there was, I want to say there were two Republicans who voted for it. I can't remember. Very few Republicans voted for this. And this uh, goes to show you the great divide in politics today. It's probably a greater divide than at any time in my lifetime. And that's saying a lot. Because, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing politicians like more than a quote-unquote infrastructure bill. That's just money for projects, as Dennis alluded to, bridges, roads, that everybody likes because everybody uses them and you need them. It's just basic one-on-one. So you go back home to the district and clip a ribbon and say, I was the one who brought you this bridge. And people go, thank you, thank you. And then they vote for you. That's one-on-one of politics. But where we're at right now is that Republicans are dedicated to the notion that the Democrats, led by Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, are bringing down our country. That's what they're uh, dedicated to, that proposition, much like it reminds me so much of Council Wars back in the 80s, uh, where the Berdoliak and Burke clan were saying that Harold Washington was bringing down our city. And so as such, you cannot do anything to support them, because if you support them, that undercuts the narrative that they're bringing down our country. So you have to be against something that fundamentally you would always be for, which is money for repairing bridges and roads. And so the Democrats are trying to flip it, and they're trying to say, you see these diabolical, diabolical, evil Republicans? They're so ideologically based. They're so uh, red hot in their hatred of Joe Biden that they're even voting against bridges and, bridges and roads, which is I understand that's why they're doing. And by the way, if Donnie Trump were president right now, he he would he would he would be directing it. It wouldn't be the Illinois Democratic Party. It would be Donnie himself with daily or hourly tweets naming Sometimes, you know, D, I got to say this about my beloved Democratic Party. Rooting for the Democrats, I've said this many times, rooting for the Democrats in the great battle with Donnie Trump and the Republicans is like rooting for the Bears against the Packers. Like the Packers are playing at a such more sophisticated level than the Bears. The Bears are freaking clueless. The Bears don't know, like, you, you can throw a pass. Wait a minute. You don't just have to run the ball? You can throw a pass? Oh, Nobody told us this. That's how the Democrats are. So, Democrats, Donald Trump would be annihilating you on this issue. He would be holding rallies around the country where, with breathless TV coverage, pounding you. But the Democrats, you're right, D. What, like a tweet here and there? <laughs> they don't even, a soundbite that we could use. Oh, we would use it. Come on, get the big voice guy. These Republicans didn't vote for, you know what I mean? Something. I just, why am I a Democrat? (laughs) Well, I just, every day I wake up and I go, it's like, why am I a Bears fan? Why can't I be like one of those Chicagoans, one of those front runners in Chicago? You know the type D? I root for And they pick a team that's winning. Whichever team is winning. Well, I, lo- I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, really? You like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Did you like them three years ago before Tom Brady got there? 
or a, oh my God, don't get me started about Chicagoans who love the Lakers. You don't hear a lot about that these days, do you? Because know, the Lakers aren't on top. But days of Kobe Bryant, love the Lakers, or in the 80s, showtime. You're freaking front runners. So, you know, but me, I'm loyal. In addition to holding grudges, I'm very loyal. Very loyal to the Democratic Party. And it just seems, D, like they don't understand how to play the game. So here's an example, an obvious example, where Republicans are hurting our country. Democrats, like, well, maybe we'll, I don't know, should we criticize them? I don't know, we don't want to be too negative. They will. Then swing voters in Wisconsin will say, hmm, hmm. Only Democrats are worried about offending the sensibilities of swing voters in Wisconsin and Maryland and Virginia suburban. Only Democrats. Do you think, have you ever seen Donald Trump once not pound somebody mercilessly because he was worried about a swing voter? But Democrats, mm, you don't want to look too partisan. You'll offend a swing voter. So let's criticize them. And they should be criticized. <laughs> Let's do it with a, what is it? They sent out a press release? No, it was like tweets, like Photoshopped, like tweets. Like they'll show like the picture of them and they're like, this guy's bad. You know, I mean, they should be blasting them from the rooftops. Sorry, D. We shouldn't be ones to criticize what people put on Twitter because, you know, (laughs) we don't put anything on there. Valid point. (laughs) Can't argue with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter, what? (laughs) <laughs> Say what? Now, Twitter, let, man. Now, this infrastructure bill did inspire the governor this week to sign some legislation of his own when he got back to Illinois. This week, J.B. Pritzker signed some electric vehicle legislation. The Reimagining Electric Vehicles in Illinois Act creates incentives for businesses to build electric cars in the state. Governor Pritzker, what do you intend to do with this bill? With this bill, we intend to attract more EV manufacturers, charging station manufacturers, and automotive parts manufacturers more than ever before. And it will help Illinois become one of the leading EV hubs in the entire nation. Ben Jarofsky, do you see, you see yourself uh, driving an electric car anytime soon? We talked about this. <laughs> yeah, last week, right? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I want to drive an electric car. I don't quite know how the Republicans are going to respond to this. Because on one hand, uh, you could say electric cars, you can mock. Republicans generally mock any attempt to protect the environment. You know that, D? It's like, oh, that was political crowd. Oh, the woke crowd. Oh, they eat. What do, what do they say that they eat? They eat. They claim they eat stuff that I hate. Which soy. Is funny because soy. Soy. But it, what, what, like they, uh, what's those sprout things? You know, they come on. You, you eat alfalfa? Yeah, alfalfa. That's I don't, <laughs> I don't they, think it's they, alfalfa. They, uh, t- tomatoes. <laughs> they always make fun of de- Democrats for like, eating stuff that real Americans don't eat. And uh, so it's like real Americans don't drive electric cars. On the other hand, Elon Musk has made a fortune building electric cars. Hmm, well, he doesn't actually, he's not the, actually the guy who builds it, but you get the point. So he's like the richest man in the world. He's right up there with uh, Bezos. I don't know who's number one at any given moment. Fabulously wealthy. Republicans love him. 
So it kind of like they don't know where to go with this one, D. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to bash electric cars because they don't want to offend Elon Musk. That's their guy. Uh, at the same time, they don't want to do anything that makes Pritzker look good. So I'm really curious to see how the Republicans will respond to this. Uh, those hippies with their electric cars. Are kale. A lot of work. Kale. Talking about kale? Kale. <laughs> uh, kale Rittenhouse, the guy who got oh. let off in Wisconsin. Okay. Did you know? That murder is legal in the state of Wisconsin, D. Yes. <laughs> murder right is now. now legal in the state of Wisconsin, so only if you kill a couple of hippies. You know, if you kill a couple of hippies, well, who cares about them, right? Murder is legal in the state of Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, that's breaking news. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all for electric cars, D, but uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for the response from the Republican propaganda machine on this one. How are they going to hammer JB on this? All right. Now to the pack of people crazy enough to run against a billionaire in an election. It's time for a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. All right, so no major news really involving our four, let's be honest, long shot Republican gubernatorial hopefuls. <laughs> ben, by the way, off the top of your head, can you name those four people running for governor against J.B. Pritzker at the moment? Come on. I'm going to butcher the pronunciations of their name, but I, I have a central notion over there. Okay, there's the guy uh, my from the Three Stooges, Schempf, okay. uh, Gary Schempf. And, Paul, uh, Paul Schempf, but go ahead. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> I miss Gary. Paul Shem. Gary uh, Rabine. There you go. Uh, Eric you Zorn's go. favorite candidate. There you uh, go. Man, it's Rabine. <laughs> I called it Rabine. Uh, but Gary Rabine, uh, he's the paving lot billionaire. Because uh, he's not a billionaire. He's probably a millionaire. He's the and parking he's lot prodigy. Uh, yeah, he's the one who's unsure of whether uh, who won the election. I don't know. It's it's above my pay grade. Who knows? <laughs> he's the one, folks, when he was asked, well, did Biden win or did Trump win? And he was like, that pause, that moment, like the deer in the headlights, like, which way do I go? If I say Biden won, MAGA will turn on me and I need MAGA's votes to win this election. If I say, <laughs> if I say uh, Trump won, then I'll lose any swing voter. But not really, because, man, I think a lot of those swing boards are Republicans anyway, just saying. So I don't know what I'll do. So what I'll just do is just pretend like it's a frivolous question. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Ray Bine, Rabin, who knows? But, but you can imagine him ducking and dodging the pronunciation of his own name. Oh, uh, Mr. Ray Bine. Is it Ray Bine or Rabin? I don't know. I'm not that smart. Ask Eric Zorn. He knows. All right. Who else? Oh. Come on, my favorite, the big fella, <laughs> DB, Darren Bailey. Come on now. All right. Well, front runner from, you got one more. Go. One more. An old boy, Sully. Sully uh, is, who's, I can't remember the rest of his name. I just know Sullivan is his name. They call, call me Sully. Uh, he's the guy who made a fortune in California and is trying to convince people that even though he made the money in California, he actually made the money in Illinois. OK, because this is really tough. Some reason they, they think now you help me out. Dennis, my downstate expert, mm -hmm. having lived most of his life in downstate. In Absolutely. fact, last week he was just doing research in downstate. He was in Alton. He was in Troy. He's doing research. So 
are there downstaters like would they hold it against you if you spent time in California? This seems to be a pressing concern. They're going to be used. He's really from California. <laughs> I remember when uh, Clem Balanoff was running for something or other on the far southeast side of Chicago. Good God, this was many years ago. And people in the southeast side of Chicago, which is that part of Chicago where Sue Garza is from, ladies and gentlemen, way down below at the bottom of the Chicago, uh, Lake Michigan, touching Indiana. That's them touching. Listen, that's a sound effect. That's Indiana and Chicago touching. It's kind of gross. <laughs> Gotta say that's your grossest impression yet. He went to California, and so like they were, he's California Clem. They thought that was so clever, California Clem. Like the notion that somebody going to California was so far fetched from the minds of Southeast Side Chicagoans, it blew their mind. They think you guys are idiots, voters. So, Dennis, would a average everyday Altonian? or Troyan or East St. Louisian think there was something weird about somebody who went to California, spent time in California. Go ahead. Not at all. Not at all. They don't, no one cares. All right. So for those who uh, need a little refresher there, because Ben went on a wicked tangent, the four <laughs> Illinois gubernatorial hopefuls, Paul Schimpf, Darren Bailey, Gary Rabine, and one, Jesse Sullivan. Jesse. Now, Jesse. Now, it's his first now, just because these weirdos aren't making the headlines doesn't mean we should not keep tabs on them. Ben, I went to the Twitter page of our Republican gubernatorial candidates. <laughs> Would you like me to share what I found? I have been waiting all day with bated breath <laughs> to hear what you found. All right, let's do it. First up, seriously, who's going to feed them hogs? Hey, friends, are you ready for government <laughs> to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor. It's downstate hog farmer and senator Darren Bailey. <laughs> By the way, folks, he's not really a hog farmer, but we've gone this far into the bit. You can't back out now, my friend. All right. Well, I'm just waiting at the fact checkers. I told you there's these fact checkers in my uh, headphones. Ben, he's not a hog farmer. I'm very concerned about this. Anyway, uh, looking at Darren <laughs> Bailey's Twitter page, at the very top is a selfie of Bailey. He's decked out in neon orange camo gear with some young hunters. And, you know, say what you want about Mr. Bailey. The guy's got some good puns. Bailey tweeted, friends. If you're still hunting for a candidate, <laughs> see what he did there? If you're still hunting for a candidate, look no further. Guns and hunting are a Bailey family tradition, and I'm thankful to share that with some of the team this morning before we head back on the campaign trail this afternoon. Hashtag standing with you in 2022. Hashtag void the void. Yeah, void the void. Uh, he wants to get rid of the uh, firearms identification. I can't. I can't do the acronym. Uh, just wants to get rid of it. He thinks it's a violation of our constitutional rights. So look, that'll play uh, in a Republican primary. So he's clearly going for the gun loving crowd uh, in, the, uh, in the Republican in MAGA, and uh, that's a significant portion. D, you know something I've noticed about you? You're not really into the gun culture. You're you kind of like. No. Not really. No. You're from downstate, but you're not really 100. percent You know what I'm saying? You're not into guns. I've noticed that about you. No, no, no. I didn't really grow up with it. Um, I had a stepdad who was into it, trying to get me into it. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Nothing. You know, you know who tried to get me into? It? I ever tell you this story? No. My equivalent of your stepdad, El Dragon. Good friend of the show, Adolfo, for a while. Ben, you got to come shooting with me. He was really into. He's really into. Uh, shooting guns and stuff like that. 
gun ranges and stuff. I'm like, ah, I think I'm doing something that night. Uh, <laughs> not really in the shooting guns, but uh, anyway, so I, I don't think I'm a target, no pun intended, audience of uh, uh, Darren Bailey, since I probably uh, won't vote in the Republican primary, having never voted in a Republican primary in my life. But there's a lot of gun lovers uh, in MAGA. So I think that's a shrewd move by Darren Bailey if he wants to win the Republican uh, nomination to is there a picture of him with the shotgun, D? No, it's a picture of him with the with the crew. You know what I mean? It's like uh, some younger some younger fellas. He's decked out in the orange uh, camo. But is he holding a weapon? No. Oh, whoa! That's interesting. That's an interesting choice. Not <laughs> worried about the swing voters there, DB. A little political correct of you. I'm just saying. <laughs> a little disappointed. You're not holding a weapon, DB. Just saying. Another tweet from Darren Bailey yesterday reads, A movement, not money, will defeat J.B. Pritzker next November. The people of Illinois are tired of the political elites and the establishment and are hungry for change. Hashtag fire Pritzker. Hashtag T-Will. Hashtag Bailey for Illinois. Let me just say this about uh, that particular piece of dishonesty from Darren Bailey. A movement, not money. D.B., I'm going to tell you something that you already know, but you're not, you're not going to let your uh, MAGA supporters in on. You are anticipating that when you, if you were to prevail in the Republican primary, uh, that if you would emerge from this MAGA competition, you are anticipating, as all the other candidates are, that one, Kenny G is going to make good on his pledge to spend whatever it takes to defeat J.B. Pritzker. And Kenny G, for folks who forgot, is Ken Griffin, who is the richest man in the state of Illinois. Yes, he has more money than J.B. Pritzker. And he has pledged to spend whatever it takes to defeat J.B. Pritzker because he's still mad that J.B. Pritzker spent all that money back in 2018 defeating his good friend, Bruce Rauner. Oh, yeah, you remember him, that great governor that uh, Kenny G supported, spent millions of dollars on. So, DB, it's not a movement that's going to defeat J.B. Pritzker. It will be Kenny G's money, which I'm sure your big gun-loving paw will have out extended. You'll put down the shotgun long enough to take the money that Kenny G gives you, and you'll say, thank you, boss. Can I have more? Because he is the boss. And you exist on his plantation. So if you're going to win, it won't be a movement. It'll be Kenny G's money financing it. You know it. Your allies know it. Your strategists know it. You're just keeping it from MAGA. (laughs) MAGA wants to pretend that it's a movement. And they don't need Kenny G's money for that movement. Kenny G hates unions, ladies and gentlemen. Hates them. It's, that's uh, a passion he shared with Rauner. So I guess what they're hoping, D, is get back, get uh, the Republicans back in and to get back the business of destroying unions in the state of Illinois. But that is that was laughable when you said that to me, D. It's a movement, not money. <laughs> you think he's going to turn down Kenny G's money? You think Darren Bailey's going to go, you know, Kenny G, I don't want your money because this is all about a movement. We don't need your money. It's a movement. Do you think the fair tax proposal just died on its own, DB? Had nothing to do with the money that Kenny G spent to kill it with the Phyllis commercials? You think it was just a movement? 
Wait, hold on. We have breaking news. Uh, J.B. Pritzker just put on a winter coat he hasn't worn all year. Inside the coat, (laughs) $200,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? He's going to have to go and spend all that money because this is not going to be a cheap election. Kenny G versus J.B. Kenny G's got more money than J.B.D. I just want to let you know that. Yeah. He's got more money. Like I said last week, like, hey, Ken Griffin, dude, just run for governor. <laughs> JB Pritzker's running. He's gonna put more money in it than you are. Cause you're not running, dude. That will that remains to be seen. Like, will Kenny G, will he step up and actually kick the money in that he says he's gonna do? And like he spent 25 million, I think. i you know, after a while, D, I can't keep track of all the millions he spent on this thing. Uh how much did JB spend last time? 170 million? Tons. I think he's yeah. So JB doesn't at one point did like Mrs. JB say um, honey, um, Kenny Griffin has more money than us. Uh, he, you know, I got that horse farm in Florida. I, <laughs> JB, like, can we sell the horse farm? No, no. There's, there, there's a saying downstate that I'd like to uh, share with uh, old Kenny G, Ken Griffin, when it comes to this. Hey, dude, shit or get off the pot, pal. <laughs> like, run for governor or just be done with it. Uh, young Kenneth, that's why you have employees, D. That's like saying clean up the bathroom. Kenny G doesn't clean up bathrooms. He gets his people to do that. Now on to our next gubernatorial hopeful. Some people call him Sully, but at this moment, we simply call him delusional. It's gubernatorial (laughs) candidate Jesse Sullivan. (laughs) Sullivan's latest tweet is a retweet from Juan's Woodshop, who used to reside in Barrington, Illinois. Juan wrote, folks who reside in Barrington, it's great. I believe in our town. While I want to see more changes on our school board, and I can't tell you how badly I want Governor Pritzker out of office, Barrington is still great. That said, I've been in a different state for three days. (laughs) Illinois is so out of touch with reality, it's alarming. If you haven't explored another state in the USA other than New York, New Jersey, California, or Oregon, do it ASAP. It'll open your eyes to how broke Illinois is. And Sullivan replied to this tweet saying Juan has expressed what countless other Illinoisans are feeling. Illinois is so poorly run by our current politicians. We have some of the highest taxes, crime and corruption in the nation. We need to make hashtag IL strong together. A couple of thoughts. First of all, I haven't been paying attention, but isn't there a limit on the amount of letters you can use in a tweet? It seemed like Juan went well over that. That was a long tweet. Yeah, yeah. Tweet's supposed to be really, like, pithy. Yeah, no kidding. Tight. Juan, come on, you got to work in a... You think Donald Trump would issue a tweet like that, Juan? You know, he didn't, there's no, like, sad. Remember when Trump would go sad? Uh, I kind of miss Trump. That's really weird of me to say. Hey, I'll record that uh, and keep really that for weird. you. Uh, let's edit that out. <laughs> uh, do you just take care of that in the editing process? Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I a little lengthy, uh, and I don't know. Now, TD, this is me giving advice to politicians. But if a guy who uh, is getting hammered for not really being from Illinois, from really being from California, I don't know if you'd call attention to that by calling attention to Juan from Barrington saying, "I really love it in other states." Again, Sully. Go to Indiana and run for go back to California. You get what I'm saying, D? It's like, hmm, not the smartest move. You're calling attention. Tell the great of and what are the states? Didn't he what were the states that Juan listed in that brilliant 
tweet? Uh, he, he listed uh, New York, New Jersey, California, and Oregon. <laughs> Why are you bashing? Oh, because they're Democratic run. Yeah, yeah. New York. You left a few. I mean, you left Connecticut out there. I don't know why you didn't put Connecticut in there. Oh, wait, too many words, too many letters. Oh. That's it. Oh. Juan originally had Connecticut in there. He's like, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, too many letters. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I um, I don't know. I just think that's not the shrewdest move by Sully. And hey, Juan, let's get that seven-day report. You're in a different state for three days. <laughs> <laughs> what state were you in? You know, give us like, that weekly <laughs> forecast, dude. I just dropped in for three days, loved it so much, and got out. Went back to Barrington. <laughs> it was so funny. Like he didn't want to get anybody offended with his tweet. You know, you want to. I just want to make it clear. I really love Barrington, but I hate the state of Illinois. And Ben, did you know that Jesse Sullivan is doing his own version of the hit ABC show Shark Tank right here in Illinois? Did you know that? I did not know that. It's true. It's called Sully's Shark Tank. It's Monday, <laughs> November 22nd at the Route 66 Hotel and Conference Center in Springfield. And I'm going. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, Sullivan tweeted, I want to take action and start change now by hosting a Shark Tank event where entrepreneurs can pitch their ideas. Nominate small businesses below. Ben, any small business ideas for Mr. Sullivan at the Shark Tank thing? Mm. Uh, well, let's see. He made a fortune. Uh, it's some kind of computer business. Uh, that he was propped up with money from uh, many uh, venture capitalists in the state of California. So my advice to anybody uh, in Illinois is to get money from people in California <laughs> and then bash California. I don't know. You know what? You may hate California, but you sure love their money. Isn't that interesting? They <laughs> took the money. Now he's ripping California. I didn't see you complaining about Californians. Money. Okay. If this California is so bad, why'd you take their money? We got to get, what, what's his name, Juan? We got to get Juan in there and clarify, uh, and, and Jesse as well. So I would say the key to a successful business, successful startup, is to get uh, Jesse Sullivan to invest some of his California-grown money in it, which I, I don't know if. You know what I'm saying? Wait, help me out here, D. I've never actually seen Shark Tank. Really? The only thing I know about it is that Mark Cuban is one of the Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Cuban, yeah, Mr. Hosts. Wonderful, Damon, Robert. Who's Damon? Barbara. Damon is the guy FUBU. He started FUBU. Oh, so Damon's on it. So it's so they there's a and Barbara. Who's Barbara? Oh, Barbara, man. I don't know what she does, but I like her. She reminds me of my grandma. So my get my uh, notion is that they listen to pitches for people's business and decide whether they're going to spend money on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I'm offering ten percent of my company in exchange for three hundred thousand dollars, and then they make the pitch, and then they uh, you know say if they're in or they're out. Well, that's kind of like the producers. You ever see the movie The Producers? No. The central th great movie, by the way. So the the central theme of the producers is they run a scam in which they sell greater, more uh, shares of the company that can actually exist. So they like they would sell you 52% and me 53%. They'll take our money, uh, and they hope that the, the show that they produce is a flop. So they don't have to s actually give anybody money. They just took your money. Do you follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'll sell you 33% of my company. So they end up selling like 400 shares of a company. Hmm. They don't do anything. Oh, 
I should be on the Shark Tank. I'd have a field day in the Shark Tank. Actually, we bought something uh, that was on Shark Tank. They're edible spoons. So you like eat cereal, right? And it's got like a, like a little nice taste, and you eat the spoon when you're done. What does it taste like, the spoon? Uh, it kind of tastes like a fortune cookie. Did Cuban give you money for that one? I can't remember who did it, but God bless him, because it's pretty good. All right. Well, uh, so Jesse Sullivan is hoping that there's a lot of Shark Tank fans downstate. And that's sort of, I guess he's emphasizing what the fact that he's a businessman uh, and uh, that he's rich. I think that's those two things that they go that which is now here's your here you go, D. What do you think would be more popular with downstaters? A rich guy who uh, made money with investment from California or a farmer who's celebrating his love of weaponry. The first one to talk about them jobs. That's all. That They get it. Well, neither one of them are talking about jobs. Uh, so uh, anyway, there you go. Jesse Sullivan. I'm gonna, I, I apologize for forgetting his first name. That's all right. And hey, if anyone has an idea for some kind of different surfboard or skateboard, oh, this California hippie will love it. Go to that thing on Monday. All right. I think this segment has gone on long enough. Our apologies to the other two candidates, Gary Rabine and Paul Schimpf. We will try to read whatever the hell you're tweeting next time. <laughs> This is a 2022 <laughs> Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. All right. You should check out Shark Tank. It's on uh, It's on tonight, actually. ABC. All right. Now on to the news in the city of Chicago. You're out of order, sir. You're out of order. <laughs> actually, before we get to the current mayor, we need to talk about the former. I just biked around Lake Michigan. Rahm Emanuel. This comes from the Chicago Sun-Times in Lynn Suite. And boy, we saw this one coming. As ex-Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel waits for a confirmation vote to be U.S. Ambassador to Japan, former Chicago Inspector General Joe Ferguson has cleared Emanuel of wrongdoing in his handling of the Laquan McDonald police shooting videos. Ferguson said in a letter that Emanuel's return to government has resurrected questions about Emanuel's responsibility for the Chicago Police Department and whether he engaged in a cover-up of the shooting by keeping the police body-worn camera videos from the public. Ferguson wrote that while the questions are appropriate by the opposing uh, by those opposing his nomination, they're not fair because they are not grounded in fact because the facts simply do not exist. Absolutely disagree with that quote. I, and I talked about this with Romana because uh, the um, Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal was coming down right around the time we were addressing this subject. And I'm looking at my bright one has the headline. Ex-city watchdog tells Senator, no evidence, Rom covered up. And it's not fair. Not fair. Not fair to raise questions about Rom's behavior in the aftermath of the shooting of Laquan McDonald. Let me just help Joe Ferguson out a little bit. In October of 2014, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, D. Uh, a police officer, Jason Van Dyke, shot Laquan McDonald 16 times. The official response of the city of Chicago at the time, uh, as they allowed it to be the official response, was some comment made by uh, a fraternal order police spokesman at the scene, which said uh, the police had no choice to do it because they were sort of, it was like a very similar self-defense. So that was the position of the city of Chicago. At no time did they tell us there was a video. At no time did they tell us there were 16 shots. Didn't tell us any of that. They allowed that to exist as the official position. The city of Chicago had not. 
once we once we saw the video, we realized that that was not what happened. That he Jason Van Dyke was his life was not threatened by Laquan McDonald. Laquan McDonald wasn't even heading toward him, and sixteen shots, like using him like his target practice. So fast forward over a year and Ron, Mc, Ron McDonald, Ron Emanuel releases the video only because a Cook County judge orders him to do it in a freedom of information case filed by a reporter. Rom said that I can't release this video because this matter is under investigation. And there was really no strong evidence whatsoever, according to the judge's ruling. And you can read the judge's ruling that the matter was being investigated by any of the entities Rom said was investigating it. So please tell me, Joe Ferguson, if that's unfair to call it a cover up, what would you call it? I had this conversation with a good friend, Mick Dumkey. Mick's been covering this stuff for a long time, longer than I have. And he goes, well, Ben, I don't know if I would call it a cover-up. I would just call it business as usual in the city of Chicago. So the notion of using the word fair, that's somehow or other, Rom is the victim. It's unfair to raise questions about Rom not releasing evidence that showed clearly that the city's position on what happened with Laquan McDonald was inaccurate. I think that's part of, that's like a cover up. And D, you know, you know what? It's like we were having that conversation with Mike Girardi. Part of the reason why so many people in Chicago are so turned off with politics and so turned off with Democrats, I have to say it, is because they feed us bullshit and expect us to eat it and take it. It's just like, it's so obvious to absolutely anybody who lives in the city of Chicago that they were burying the evidence of that shooting because they didn't want it to come out. And they only released it because a judge forced them to release it. And if that judge hadn't forced them to release it, they probably would have let the whole thing go. Just like up in Minnesota, if there was not video of what happened to George Floyd, do you think for one minute the Minnesota police would admit that they killed George Floyd if there wasn't footage of it? It's like they treat us like we're idiots. And and then they go, it's not fair to Rom. You lose your mind, D. You know what I mean? Like it, you would lose your mind. It's not fair to Rahm. Wow, what an injustice to Rahm Emanuel, who fought like hell to conceal evidence of a murder. It's so unfair to Rahm. The highest position of power he's ever had. You know what I mean? Let's just- yes, that's unbelievable. And then and it's put out front page. All the papers, sometimes tribute. It's just like official Chicago feeding more bullshit. And most Chicagoans know it, D. No matter what your political persuasion is, MAGA knows it. They know it. They know it's bullshit. They may not care, but Chicagoans know it. That's like the heart of so much of the songs that Michael Girardi writes. 
about the fact that we know we're not dumb. You treat us like we're idiots. It's not fair to Rob. <laughs> oh, it's not fair to Rob. He only released that tape because a judge made him. Hello. <laughs> They'd still be investigating that case. Well, yep. we, a lot of investigation left to go in that case. Guy shot him 16 times. Anyway, don't get me going on that one. Not fair to Rom. Wow. Now to the current mayor. Breaking news. And just in time for the holidays, it looks like Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot may be doing some shopping. That is, if a particular alderman has their (laughs) way. Will she be shopping for a new watch? Perhaps a new hat? No, actually, it's a new police chief. It's time for the latest episode of everyone's favorite daily Chicago political soap opera, A Mayor. And her alderman. (laughs) A mayor and her alderman. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. (laughs) I forget. Good question, Mayor. Uh, Hillary Clinton. Good question, Mayor. Wow, what a great question. (laughs) The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woman Spielman. The headline reads, Lightfoot urged to give police superintendent David Brown a few more months to turn around crime pandemic or dump him. <laughs> turn around. <laughs> the mayor's deputy floor leader, Alderman George Cardenas, been of what ward? Come on, one, two, 12. Our host, the nerd, said, <laughs> Cardenas said Thursday, yeah. quote, Mayor Lightfoot should give her top cop a few months more to get a handle on Chicago's crime pandemic. But if he can't, She should dump police superintendent David Brown and his leadership team. Cardenas told the Chicago Sun-Times, quote, I'm not at all happy with CPD and their leadership. They need to step up in a big way and stop this crime pandemic themselves. They need to find a way to recruit more people. That's on them. The mayor can only do so much. That's on that leadership. And I will urge the mayor if that is not happening. She ought to change that leadership Immediately. But the mayor responded. <laughs> oh my God. Now the mayor responded. God. She responded uh, as she always uh, replies to her alderman, <laughs> saying, Yeah, that guy's a dumbass. Lightfoot said, quote, The statements attributed to Alderman George Cardenas are ill informed and lack an appreciation for the complexities of public safety in this time of COVID. If the solutions were easy, we would have solved the challenge long ago, but they are not. The root causes of community violence are deep complex and generations in the making all right uh, this is classic chicago 101 uh let's just point out george carter is a big supporter of mayor Lori lightfoot uh and that the central theme of his statement as dennis uh, read it is that don't blame Lori lightfoot blame david brown and then Lori lightfoot responds to that by saying oh that's so unfair <laughs> thanks for sticking up for me but boy you're dumb <laughs> yeah so, you know, it's like she looks good. Remember that one where, um, oh, God, low points in Chicago mayoral uh, election. Uh, Phil Ponce was uh, the host of a debate between Chewy Garcia and Rahm Emanuel. I don't know if you remember this one, D. And uh, he asked uh, Jesus Garcia, 
how he, Jesus Garcia, could run for mayor of Chicago, why people would have confidence to vote in him uh, to, and give him the power to run the city if he couldn't run his own family. And he was talking about the fact that Jesus Garcia's son got caught up in gangs and crime, et cetera, and so forth. And at which point, Rom goes, oh, that's just so unfair. And I'm like, oh, my God, what a setup. Rom looks like the nice guy and Ponce is the tech dog. And that's what's going on here. Let me get news for you guys. If it is politically what in her best interest to fire David Brown, she will fire David Brown. And she won't be talking about, oh, how there's, you know, all these sociological issues at stake here. And no, crime. And it's a very complicated thing. Uh -uh. If she has to fire David Brown to save her political neck, she will do so. In fact, this goes back to Rom. Was it fair, Joe Ferguson, when Rom fired Gary Big Mac McCarthy? Remember that? The, the, the Laquan McDonald shooting, which for which there's no evidence whatsoever of a cover-up? There's no evidence of cover-up. Nobody did anything wrong except that somehow or other, when the video came out showing that the official city position was not true, they fired Gary McCarthy. Big Mac. Remember that, D? Big Mac's gone. Rom fired. He had to throw someone under the bus. He had to blame someone, so he threw Big Mac under the bus. Well, if, if nothing was wrong, if there was no cover-up, why did Big Mac get fired? I think that Joe Ferguson should have wrote, wrote a PS in his little letter. But by the way, I think it was really unfair that Big Mac got fired. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, they hire these police superintendents and they fire these police superintendents. They try to make themselves look really good on both ends of it. Like when they hire them, we did an exhaustive nationwide search looking for the smartest, the wisest, the most experienced crime fighter. And our investigation concluded that fill in the blank, whoever they brought in is the greatest of all time. Gary Big Mac McCarthy got fired. Don't forget Eddie Johnson. Remember him, D? Yeah. He got fired. Soon as Lori, soon as Lori Lightfoot figured it was a good, would make her look good to fire him, she fired him. Boy, they fired him fast and they dragged him through the dirt. I always thought he got a bum deal. I always thought, yeah, D, I always thought he got, I always thought Big Mac got a bum deal. Big Mac didn't do anything. Gary Big Mac McCarthy. Man, when when it was Rom, when Rom, when Big Mac, uh, remember in 2012 when NATO came to town? What a dumb idea that was. And uh, Gary McCarthy went on the front lines while they were, <laughs> the Chicago Police Department had that, standoff with a bunch of hippies in the middle of it was uh news reporters gary big mac mccarthy sat behind him with his arms folded city of chicago just melted oh my god what a leader what a great police chief <laughs> city of chicago and but that, that so Ram was riding high i think he took he took big mac to a white Sox game d he just wanted to be anywhere big mac was <laughs> then as soon as things changed you need it. Sorry, Big Mac. I know I went. I took you to the White Sox game and bought you some popcorn, but that was then. This is now. Bye. Beat it. See ya. So, yeah, David Brown. I wouldn't believe it. And Lori Lightfoot, that was a setup. David Brown, you know that. Lori Lightfoot may have come to your defense. 
And that's, but that's a setup. George Cardenas is an ally of hers. So he says, you got to go. And then she says, that's unfair. <laughs> if I were you, I'd mm, start looking for property in another city. You hear that, David Brown? Time's ticking, buddy. Yeah. And also, hey, if you're looking to become a new police superintendent, rent. Don't buy. <laughs> Do not buy. All right. More Chicago news. The following also comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. And one, Tom, I guess I'm no longer doing stories about pot chuba. <laughs> He's bigger than that, D. Apparently. The headline reads, under fire, COPA chief apologizes mm. to Ella French's family but says agency had no procedure to alter report recommending slain officers' suspension. Heating Mayor Lori Lightfoot's call, the interim chief of Chicago's police watchdog agency extended a sincere and heartfelt apology Thursday to Ella French's loved ones but said there was no procedure to change the report that recommended a suspension for the slain Chicago police officer. Let's see. Here we have a quote from Andrea Kirsten, the acting head of the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. She said there is truly no greater act of service than laying down one's life for the city they serve, as Officer French did. She is to be honored and remembered as a hero. I have profound regret and sadness that the work of our agency has anyway hurt the French family. Kirsten's comments came a day after Lightfoot demanded an apology for including French in a report COPA published last week on the botched raid of social worker Anjanette Young's home in 2019. The report accused French of failing to activate her body-worn camera when she showed up at the home and recommended a three-day suspension. Lightfoot has called the report the height of tone deafness, mm. but never Nevertheless, anointed Kirsten's COPA's permanent chief on Tuesday. The same day, 20 alderpersons signed a letter to the mayor saying they want her handpicked choice disqualified for the job amid the mounting controversy. Wow. This is one of those uh, stories in the city of Chicago uh, that are really hard to write, D, if for no other reason than there's so many parts you have to explain. And I mean, there's just like four parts that are woven together uh, into this story and that's become a political issue. And so I know Ray Lowe, or Alderman Raymond Lopez, who has uh, been um, pounding the drum on this one, knows all four parts. I know Lori Lightfoot does as well. And uh, uh, Andrea Kirsten, who's the bureaucrat at the, in the middle of all this uh, as well. Uh, and I... If I were to write about it, or if I were to talk about it, I have to go through every single one. So it began when police barged into the West Side home of uh, Anjanette Young as she was stepping out of a uh, shower. They had the wrong house. Uh, they had the wrong information on uh, their um, the warrant, and they burst into the wrong house. And then I don't horrible. They probably should have realized it from the get go that they went to the wrong house, but no, uh-uh. Uh, they searched the house. They put her in handcuffs. They left her there naked. She was pleading and crying. A lot of it's on video. And then typical Chicago, they don't, nobody wants to fess up to this. They bury it. They fight it. They resist it. And one of the police officers in that raid uh, was Ella French. Now, Anjanette Young has gone on to say that she was the only one, Ella French, who showed any sympathy. And of all the police officers in that raid, uh, she was the least culpable 
for the humility, the humiliation uh, that uh, Anjanette Young suffered. Nonetheless, Ella French was in that raid. And Ella French, uh, subsequent to that raid, was killed. And she's a hero. Police officer killed in the line of duty. And yet she was in that raid. So, folks, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to erase the fact that Ella French was in the raid? I don't think you're discrediting the honor of Ella French to mention that she was in that raid. You might put in there that Anjanette Young has said that Ella French was the only person and the only cop in the uh, in the raid who showed sympathy or the cop who showed the most sympathy. You could put that in. like in a, You could mention that. But I don't know how we're serving the interests of transparency if we just redact that. Because Ella French is a hero who was killed in the line of duty. And it's just like, think about the message we're sending to bureaucrats. The message, just cover your ass. So imagine if um, Andrea Kirsten had uh, redacted it, had taken it out. Somewhere down the long road, somebody would point that out. Uh, D, I, 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 I just feel like if that's the official uh, report summarizing what went down, then you have to mention it. Uh, if you if it's relevant, and it is, I think that uh, Ella French uh, also acted correctly. Then I think the greatest um, the greatest uh, injustice is that the report didn't mention that, so the report is incomplete on two fronts. The suggestion that we just change the report, white it out. How, how is that what we want? So a lot of political grandstanding going on the Chicago City Council uh, this week. And by the way, I just want to point out Dave Gloetz will be coming on the show. Uh, probably I don't know when, Dave. We're uh, really uh, intense behind-the-scenes negotiations, uh, setting this up with the holidays coming on. Uh, Mr. Claude's a very busy guy. I don't know when he'll be able to show up. Very busy. He's, let me know he's very busy. Um, but uh, we'll probably be talking about this because I'm sure he'll have clips of this. Well, we'll run this, man, about a week. And there you go. The latest episode of A Mayor. Ender Alderman. A Mayor. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think so, we no want offense, to fuck you, oh my gosh. Who are you to tell me I'm full of shit? <laughs> Raylo. Mayor Lifer, now come on, now separate. I've noticed something about that clip. When we have Alderman on and we play that, they're like disgusted. They're like, no, don't play that. But boy, I tell you, the listeners love it. <laughs> and the host loves it. Oh my God, we can't get enough. You know, sometimes I told you this one. Sometimes I'm walking down the street, just thinking about this, that, the other thing. Maybe I'm a little blue or something, and then all of a sudden I hear, "Well, no offense, but fuck you," and I just smile. I go, "Ah, oh, Raylo, you made my day again." No offense. By the way, I was with Raylo on that one. I thought uh, Lori Lightfoot was being rude to him and disrespectful. He had a perfectly legitimate question he was asking her, but uh, that's only an issue. D, that's only uh, how old is that now? A year. Uh, well, yeah, it was 2020. It was right after uh, George Floyd's murder. So, wow. It's it's a year and a half. Never gets old. Never gets old. 
All right. More news involving Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. There was a story that came out last week. Uh, we forgot to talk about it. And boy, we should talk about it. The following comes from Fox 32. And no, not Mike. Fl- oh, wait. It is Mike Flannery. It is from Mike Flannery. Holy cow. <laughs> Ken Davis? All right. <laughs> they have some like, Willie Wilson. <laughs> All right. This comes from Flannery here. It says, just weeks after Mayor Lori Lightfoot declared she's running for re-election, a new survey finds most Chicago voters say she oh. doesn't deserve four more years. Asked to look ahead 15 months to the mayoral election in early 2023, about three-fifths of uh, likely Chicago voters say no to another term for the attorney and former police board leader. Rejecting a second term for Lightfoot, 68.4% of likely Hispanic voters, 61.5% of likely white voters, and 49.4% of likely black voters. Favoring a second term, 33.7% of likely black voters, 15.8% of likely Hispanic voters, and 15.4% of likely white voters. That base of support could enable Lightfoot to surpass the 17.5% she won in February 2019 in a mayoral contest with 14 names on the ballot. But it's far short of the 50% plus one vote she'll need to win a runoff election in April 2023. Now, this is interesting news. We've always talked on the show that uh, Lightfoot's going to win slam dunk. No no problems in re-election. But this Fox 32 article says otherwise. Yeah. Well, first of all... Uh I do still think Lori Lightfoot is the front runner, obviously. Uh, she's already announced she's running again. She could pull a ROM at the last minute and say she's not running, but uh, I do believe she's going to run. And remember, I will remind everybody one more time, we have a runoff system for mayor in the city of Chicago, so all she has to do is get to the runoff. The, and I think there's no doubt question she'll get to the runoff. Uh, and then, of course, then the issue is who her opponent be. Now, um, uh Johnny C has already announced, uh, John Cantzera, uh, that he's going to run for mayor. Now, he's a Trump supporter, out and out, no doubt. He doesn't hide it, loves Donnie, his MAGA all the way. Well, what did Donnie get in the last election, D? I forget. I always forget. I shouldn't remember this, but I always forget. Like 15, somewhere like 15, 16% of the vote in the city of Chicago, 20%, I don't know, something like that. Well, if that vote turns out for Johnny C, he's in the runoff. If it's Lori Lightfoot versus John Catanzara in the runoff, she mops the floor with him, D. She can approach 75%. I don't think you're going to find 25% of the city of Chicago to vote for the MAGA guy. I could be wrong. Uh, it could be such an anti-Lori vote that he could go up. But So my point is uh, it's way too early to tell because there's so many factors that we don't know. Uh, but there is just uh, – I'm a little surprised by the percentage of the white vote that's against her. See, I live on the north side of Chicago, and people love Lori Lightfoot around where I live. You know, they love her. (laughs) Remember when, maybe they're getting tired of her. I don't know. But remember when she yelled at the guys playing basketball? Oh, my God. They White people on the north side of Chicago love that. Remember when she was, like, mad about the lakefront? Remember that, D? Remember how they loved that? That's our mayor. So I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, now, uh, mayor's aides have told me all along, Ben, she's really popular with black voters. And didn't that poll say that 49%, the number of black uh, voters in the city of Chicago who don't want her to win is 49%, the lowest of the total. Isn't that, isn't that what it said, D? Mm-hmm. Yes, that, sir. Yes, sir. Wrote, yeah, so she a little more popular with black voters than she is with white voters, according to that poll. Which... Um, 
doesn't surprise me, I suppose. Uh, anyway, I still think she's the favorite D despite that poll. It's that poll is too early and we're dealing with a set of factors that won't be in play. Uh, when is it? Oh my God. It's, it's oh, just around the corner, I guess. <laughs> well, it's a year and a half away. So a little too early to say definitively. Yeah, I agree. A little too early. Uh, the majority of people voting, uh, they're not locked in quite yet on all the details of the, of the mayoral. And most of them are, they're not that much different than what you said about downstaters, D. Yeah. Remember what you just got finished yeah, saying yeah, about yeah. that? Do you think most Chicagoans are paying attention? No. I, let me ask you this. If you were to ask Chicagoans, Right now, just a man. <laughs> Who is Anjanette Young? We talk about Anjanette Young in the, in the uh, case all the time. I don't think three out of 10 Chicagoans could tell you who Anjanette Young is. I think uh, if you ask Chicagoans, who is the police chief of the city of Chicago? I don't think three out of 10 could tell you. No Do you way. follow what I'm saying? Dude? No way. Without so, a doubt. I'm with you. I agree. Yeah, so you we live in uh, podcast land where our listeners are really in tune to politics, follow it closely. But oh, that's funny you call it podcast land. I call it nerdville. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The nerds. By the way, a lot of response, favorable response to uh, my neighbor Sam, Sam Holloway. We live in lefty land. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, people love Sam. Uh, He's the leftiest guy I know. He came on the show uh, Tuesday, was right, D, and yep. um, was a pox on both houses, Republican and Democrats. And <laughs> I've had a lot of favorable response. You should bring Sam on more often. <laughs> Don't worry, I will. I love Sam. What do you see the mayor doing here? Is she alarmed by this? You think is she like, oh, I got to get that white vote back? Is she going to start like wearing New Balance shoes or something? Like, what's she going to do to? <laughs> You know what they're going to do. They're going to start throwing TIF dollars at ah, big projects okay. in the loop. Right, and white people are like, oh, that's <laughs> good. I feel a lot more reassured about her now. And then they'll, 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 they'll do what they always do. They'll spend like a billion dollars on some a project in a white neighborhood. And white people be like, yeah, that's investment in economic development. And they'll spend a million dollars on a uh, project in a black neighborhood. And they'll have a big press conference. And they'll clip a ribbon and they go, my God, she really cares about black neighborhoods. A million dollars. Let's not talk about the billion dollars in the white neighborhood. That's what they'll do, D. And I'll tell you what, that's a recipe for success. It worked for Rom. Worked for Daily, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's what they're going to do. Uh, I see something coming in our future here. Thanksgiving holiday next weekend. Studies show that white people really love sincere Thanksgiving uh, PSAs. This is the right thing to do, even though it's a hard thing to do. Of course, I'll give your love to, to Amy and Viv and Hank. All right. Love you, Mom. We'll talk on Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Wait for Cy. Eight white Zach people just said they're going to vote for Lightfoot right now, just after hearing that. <laughs> I like her, Ben. <laughs> that was last Thanksgiving Day. Oh, what a difference the vaccine makes last Thanksgiving. Don't get with Grandma. Stay yeah. home alone. Yeah, yeah. Virtual Thanksgiving, Grandma. Come on. Hit the button. No, that the other button. Come on. Okay, Grandma's not joining us for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> she can't figure out Zoom. 
All right. <laughs> we got one more story. One more story. It was the story of okay. the week. Uh, the head of Chicago's largest police union, the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police, no one's favorite, John Catanzara, resigned Tuesday as he faced possible firing over controversial social media posts, but said he's considering Running for mayor. Yeah, Ben just mentioned it earlier. John Catanzara, president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 7, shared his retirement papers on Facebook, which included the comment, finally, let's go, Brandon. Code for the F word <laughs> and President Joe Biden. Uh, oh, the outspoken God. president who made national headlines for telling union members to defy vaccine mandates was in the midst of a disciplinary hearing. Over 18, count them, 18, you don't even have enough fingers to count that, 18 allegations of inflammatory statements and false police reports. Yeah. All right, so my prediction is John Catanzara is going to move to Florida. My plans have been delayed a little bit. I say he's still going to move to Florida. We just got a little time here. He's going to try. Try and run for mayor first. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he's still the head of the Fraternal Order of Police. His resignation from the police department uh, does not affect his status as the head of the Fraternal Order of Police. Just want to point that out. I also want to point something else out, D, uh, that uh, tie the two stories together before we walk out the door. Yes, uh, Johnny Catton's error was chastised. Uh, he's uh, been investigated for filing a false police report. And he filed that false police report having to do with Eddie Johnson former police chief, Eddie Johnson, who Lori Lightfoot threw under a bus and then drove over. Uh, and this goes back to the summer of 2000. Oh God, man, the 17, I want to say where uh, Eddie Johnson joined uh, father Flager and Jesse Jackson and hundreds of other protesters. I think uh, Susanna Mendoza was there as well. Uh, and walking on the Dan Ryan to protest murders, uh, in the black community. And I just think about this, folks. This is just so much hypocrisy here. Whenever a black man is killed by a white police officer uh, and, and there's protest, MAGA responds, followed me on this, Steve. MAGA responds by saying, what about the shootings in black community that go on all the time? That's what the response is. So here's an instance where the police chief, city of Chicago, joined two of the leading civil rights activists, Father Flager and Jesse Jackson and Susanna Mendoza and a whole bunch of other people to uh, march on the Dan Ryan in protest. We need to do more as a city and a society to confront the sickness that leads so many people in our city to shoot each other, particularly in the black community. They go take proactive movement to draw attention to it. And John Catanzara responded uh, in protest. How dare they shut down the Dan Ryan Expressway? He filed a police report. It was a false police report because it, it wasn't like a real investigation or anything. Citing David, uh, excuse me, Gary, uh, not, getting all my police chiefs mixed up. Eddie Johnson. Well, there's so many. The so. There's so many who've been unfairly treated. So he gets chastised for filing a false police report. It's not true what he re, re, uh, his report. It's not based on investi a real investigation. They're not pursuing a case against uh, Eddie Johnson for marching on the street. Files a false police report. Fast forward. Andrea Kirsten, the head of COPA, we just talked about her, put a report out that mentioned the fact Ella French was cited for not having her camera on. And what do they do? 
They get mad at her. Lori Lightfoot gets mad at her. File a false report. They wanted to. I'm like D. You can't win in this city. Johnny Kent. Johnny Kent Zara is facing charges for filing a false report. They say that's outrageous. How dare he do that? Turn right around, and they go, "Hey, Andrea Kirsten, file a false report." What a city we live in, D. Huh? What can I tell you? What a city we live in. I thought about that when you mentioned that, the filing of the false report. Oh, suddenly my world's collided. <laughs> well, I have two questions here. Uh, first off, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. I can't remember. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the hit chant, Let's Go Brandon. You know, it's it's MAGA. It's pretty clever. You know, it's uh, they don't want to say the F word. Or you know where it came from, Biden. right? And uh, yeah, I follow that one. You know, I, and I get it, the emails all the time. Um from MAGA, MAGA people go and they go, you want your let's go Brandon coffee cup. Like if I give money, I get a coffee cup. I get a t-shirt. I get a flag. I get a, I can't remember. Where is the ultimate origin of it though? Well, it came what from, it, it was, a, there was a NASCAR uh, yeah. race. And then the guy who won, his name was Brandon and hats off to the lady interviewing the guy, the whole crowd. I mean, it's a NASCAR event. So they're obviously saying, fuck Joe Biden. And the crowd's just chanting, fuck Joe Biden and clever reporter. She's like, well, you hear the crowd here. They're saying, let's go Brandon. Um, and that's where it came from. <laughs> that's where you're right. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, by the way, who was, oh, Sarah Bingham and talking about the uh, fuck Joe Biden signs are all over the place in her neighborhood. <laughs> That's the other thing. They put them right across the street from a school. And the same people put the signs up are in the school going, you're teaching my kid porn with this book. <laughs> got a fuck Joe Biden sign. <laughs> oh, MAGA, you got to get it. You're sending a mix. MAGA, I hate to say it. Yeah. Now, we always talk about Lori Lightfoot sending out mixed messages. But you're sending out a mixed message there. <laughs> well, so actually, anyway, there, yeah. there, there's fudge Joe Biden signs by schools. They made sure to dodge around that. <laughs> what I don't know, D, and I can't go into a man's mind, does he actually think he can win? It's like, does he have a survey somewhere that shows he can win? Now, I knew, I know the Fraternal Order Police have said this many times. is a force to be reckoned with on the northwest and southwest sides. You could see it in the behavior of aldermen who clearly do not want to offend the, uh, the Fraternal Order Police because they don't want the Fraternal Order Police to uh, run somebody against them. So you see it's a force to be reckoned with on the northwest side. Uh, but that is a lot different than saying a citywide that uh, a, a MAGA candidate can win citywide. So I, unless they know something I don't know, I got to think he's just having fun. And he clearly enjoys the spotlight uh, and and, um, the attention he's getting from this. All right. That is our uh, show for this week. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at ChicagoReader.com or what? What's so funny? No, I just remembered the let's go. (laughs) I get so many emails, D. T-shirts, buttons, coffee cups. Let's go, Brandon. You can download our shows at chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Send us an email, vinnyjshow at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And you can call this program, 708 658 4788. That number again, 708 658 4788. 
888 Call us up. Leave us a message. Good chance we will play that message on the Ben Jarofsky Show. We do have a weekend Benny J bonus interview lineup. Ben, tell us what to expect this weekend. Just uh, I, I talked about this already. Uh, Ramana Hussein uh, just did a... Um Oh, man, it, it was uh, I thought it was a fascinating conversation. Let's put it that way, because the story broke while we were talking about Kyle. Ray. We were talking about Kyle Rittenhouse case and Romana goes, oh, my God, Ben, uh, he they just acquitted him. So uh, uh, that that we're dropping that uh, tomorrow. And then um, we, we take a deep dive on the Malcolm X, uh, the exoneration of two men for the the murder of Malcolm X. Uh, that one, D, we're going to have to take a deep dive in that because I can't even get the words out. Uh, two men spent 20-odd uh, years each uh, in prison for a murder they didn't do, a high-profile case, and uh, they were railroaded. Uh, the real story about what the FBI's role was has not been revealed, and um, but... Uh, Maybe one day it will. Hope I hope it will reveal before I leave this earth. I, I know that the FBI was involved in that. And then uh, we're going to do an interview with Bennett Johnson. I haven't done that yet, but I'm looking forward to that. Bennett Johnson, civil rights activist from the city of Chicago. Uh, and we're going to be talking about many, many things. Harold Washington with him and uh, uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, and uh, I'm really interested in the uh, stories that Bennett Johnson says. So a lot of good stuff will be dropped uh, over this uh Weekend. Uh, and uh, Michael Girardi, don't forget, next Thursday for Thanksgiving. Yep, our Thanksgiving special with the creator of so many songs, themed for the Ben Jarofsky Show, one Mike Girardi. Check out this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews, though, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download your favorite podcasts and the latest column in the Chicago Reader. Ben, what's your latest column on? Oh, my goodness. Park District. <laughs> Park District Secrets. I urge everybody to read it. Uh, there was evidence of sexual harassment, uh, a, a sexual assault at the Park District, and uh, the city of Chicago buried it. Now, I suppose the inspector general would say, there was no evidence. It's really unfair of you, Ben, to say. <laughs> There's no evidence. Anyway, I have a different worldview, obviously, than the people in charge of doing the official investigations in the city of Chicago. But Danny Milopoulos, a shout out to WBZ reporter Danny Milopoulos, but basically just he kept going at him, D, just relentlessly and finally forced uh, the uh, city of Chicago, the Park District, to uh, hire some lawyer, outside lawyer, uh, who just put out evidence of what was going on and to how uh, male lifeguards were treating their female uh, counterparts. And so I kind of put it out there so you can see uh, for yourself. And then they were just trying to bury it. There's nothing here. Just, just keep moving, folks. Nothing to see here. So that's my story. Park District Secrets. Got buried in the sand at the Oak Street Beach. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. Check out the latest column, chicagoreader.com. Subscribe to the Chicago Reader. And check out the endless archive of Ben Jarofsky Show articles. Check it out. And that is our show. All right, very good. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, pride of joy of all Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as everyone can tell you, from Big Mac McCarthy to Eddie Johnson to David Brown, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise, take out a petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody.